in the third week of Advent, we're challenged to open our hearts to peace. If I'm honest with you and you're honest with me, the last 48 hours have not been peaceful for most of us living in the state of Kentucky and in the surrounding states. Friday was an ordinary day for me. I worked, we had supper, we watched a little TV, Mike played with a few football cards, and we went to bed. Nothing out of the ordinary. About 1.30 a.m., I woke up out of a deep sleep with this feeling of panic and my heart racing, and my anxiety was just going. I didn't know where it came from. Sometimes when I'm in bed at night, I feel the energy of the world and the pain of the world. So I just decided that I just needed to, you know, do what I always do when I wake up. I picked up my phone and started playing solitaire. <laughs> it, uh, but as I was scrolling to get to solitaire, I hit Facebook. The first thing I saw was a post from a colleague in ministry saying, the DOC, the Disciples of Christ Church in Mayfield, had been hit by a tornado. Imagine hearing that news. Bluegrass has been hit by a tornado. Oh. It sparked my attention, not just because it was a church, but Mayfield is about 80 miles from where my 73-year-old mother and my 80-year-old father reside which of course that did not cause my anxiety to decrease at all. I began to watch the postings as the tornado moved toward their house. Dawson Springs hit by a tornado. Dawson Springs is 14 miles from where my parents live. Many of my friends still reside there, or they did reside there. I became more restless and anxious thinking about my parents and I knew there was nothing I could do but wait and watch. It was only a speck, a tiny speck of what other people in the state were going through that night. My breathing became my prayer because I had no words as I watched the devastation happen. I really didn't know how to pray for all of that pain. I scrolled further. Morton's Gap and Barnsley, then Arlington, all towns five miles from my parents' home. And I began to see the messages. I'm stuck under rubble. Someone help me. Has anyone driven down so-and-so road? I can't reach my parents. We are at blank location, and we need some help. I breathed in God's energy, and I breathed out God's energy, knowing that there was nothing I could do but trust that God, who was helping me breathe, was helping those in the midst of chaos and devastation wherever they were. Finally, as I watched, I couldn't take it any longer, so I sent my brother a text. He never answers my text. It is all well. I didn't want to call my mama at 2 o'clock in the morning 
In case she had slept through it, though, I knew she hadn't. I didn't hear back for a little bit, and I became more worried. So I sent a, a Facebook message to my mother's neighbor, who I could see was online. Is all well? And she came back and said, yeah, I checked on him a few minutes ago. Everybody's safe. We have no electricity, but all is well. I let out a sigh for my own self. Not everybody could let out that sigh. My brother finally texted me back a simple yes. That's all the info I got. I watched the devastation continue, and then I finally dozed back off in my warm bed, and I went back to sleep. I kept waking up and watching and allowing my breathing to simply be my prayer for the world. My heart was breaking for people everywhere. And I know your heart was breaking too. Comfort, comfort my people. Can you say that with me? Comfort, comfort my people. In the aftermath of these storms, there's so many people who've lost their homes, their spouse, their children, who've sustained injuries and lost everything. So much pain. And what can we do? On this Peace Sunday of Advent, what can we do? The scripture in Isaiah where God calls for comfort for the people speaks to all of us today. My First Testament professor, Lisa Davidson, summed up this verse as, Calling for comfort comes from the prophecies of Isaiah who spoke words of hope to the exiles. We've been in exile, hadn't we? living in Babylon around 587 BCE. After losing both the land that God had promised to their ancestors and the temple, the exiles began to wonder if the holy had forgotten them. I bet a lot of people have been feeling like the holy forgot them. We sometimes do that when we hit the bottom, don't we? Out of such despair, the divine called out to a prophet to comfort, comfort my people. God was telling the prophet to comfort the people. Despite the exile's fear. You see, God had not abandoned them. Where the exiles only saw improbable obstacles to a new future, the holy would make a way. Did you hear that? The holy will make a way. Mountains will seem like small bumps in the road and chasms will become bridges for the future. That's our promise. Their trust in the divine at that time will testify to all of us that God is faithful and God keeps covenant. Everyone who knows some form of exile wonders about holy presence sometimes. I know I've said it, where in the heck is God in all of this? Where is God in the middle of that destruction? The truth of our wondering is that we long for the assurance of a future filled with God. We all long for it. The devastation of the massive tornado has still yet to fully be determined. There's still people missing. There's still people not knowing where they're going to sleep tonight. 
Our call as people of God remains the same call it did during the days of exile many years ago. Comfort, comfort my people. Comfort my people. Sometimes when I can't muster up the words, and let me say last night was a hard time trying to find a word of hope as I watched that stuff on TV, as I heard from my friends who were crawling out of rubble. So often when I struggle, you know, I love to read. I dive into some books and often the spirit will bring me to what I need. I ran across something uh, by David Brooks last night in the book, The Road to Character. He summed up well. We, and I'm gonna say all of us, are called at certain moments to comfort people who are enduring some trauma. Many of us don't know how to react in such situations, but some of us do. The first place is we just show up. People who show up provide a ministry of presence, and people are needing some presence. They need arms to reach out and hands to hold and shoulders to cry on. Next thing is people who show up and provide that ministry, they don't compare. The sensitive person understands that each person's ordeal is unique and can't be compared to anyone else's. People who show up do the practical things. Deb Core, I think of you when I think of this. They cook in the kitchen. They pick up. They straighten up. They wash the towels. And they dig through the rubble. Finally, they don't try to minimize what's going on. I can't make that better. It's awful. There's nothing I can say to make it better for those folks. So... People who show up don't attempt to reassure with false saccharine sentiments. They don't say the pain is all for the best. They don't say, oh, they're in a better place. That doesn't help anybody. They don't search for silver linings, and we all like silver linings, don't we? We're always trying to get that pot at the end of the rainbow. They do what wise souls do in the presence of tragedy and trauma. They, they practice passive activism. They don't bustle about trying to solve something that can't be solved. The sensitive person grants the sufferer the dignity of their own process. She, he, or they let the sufferer define the meaning of what's going on. And Diane, you can contest to this because you deal with it all the time. People who show up simply sit through the nights of pain and darkness. They're practical. They stay human. They stay present. They keep it simple and direct. Perhaps in these times when we don't know what to do, we just breathe in God. And we suit up and we show up and stand and do the little things. Whatever those little things are that are right in front of you. We love and support and become the hands and the heart and the feet who represent the radical love of Christ. Of the Christ child that we're expecting at Advent. I tell you, there's a bunch of people needing some radical love today.
Comfort, comfort my people. In the morning, I woke up and I saw the devastation was massive. My sister sent me a text. My sister lives in Huntsville, Alabama. She had spoken to my parents that morning and she wanted me to know all is well. In the very next text, she said, Karen and Boo Boo, Boo Boo's her brother-in-law, it's my brother-in-law's sister, Karen. They still reside in the area that was hit. They lost their home. They happened to be in Gatlinburg for a vacation, weekend vacation, but they lost their home. My brother-in-law was preparing to drive from Alabama to help them in the recovery of anything they could find. Their trip probably saved their life. One of the baby pictures of my sister's nephew was found 140 miles away in the yard of someone in Louisville. That was a big wind that came through. My heart was so full of pain not just for them, because I knew it wasn't just them that was going through it. It wasn't just them finding a house. It wasn't just them crawling out of rubble. It's heartbreaking. I later received a picture of the home, or should I say, a picture of where the home was supposed to be. Every item they owned was gone. Every item. It was scattered all over the place and all over the state, really. That's just one little family in the state of Kentucky. The pain in the quad state is so deep this morning. I can feel it. Can you feel it? Can you see it? Comfort. Who do we comfort? How do we bring peace and make room for peace in our lives so that we can do the work we're called to do and we are called to do the work? Later yesterday, I received a phone call from an elderly person that I love dearly. The first thing that this person said was, God sure is good. God protected us and caused that tornado to just skip right over our house. This person's pretty old, and she certainly meant well by her notions. So I just sat there, and I said, I just want you to know that the area I grew up in was hit hard, and there's people struggling. And we finished our conversation. Afterwards, I began to wonder, how many people blame God for this? God was so angry, God directed the wind to stir up and break up the world. Is that God? God loved little old Lexington that pushed that wind right over us. God loved us more. I cannot believe in a God like that. Here is what I know. Some days I know very little, and y'all can vouch for that. 
but I am sure aware of this. God was with me when I woke up in that panic. God was with my parents on top of that little hill where the wind was blowing. God was with people who were crouched down in their bathtubs and under mattresses in the walls of candle factories. God was right there, right there in the middle of the breath and in the air and in the rain and in the de devastation. Because that is our promise. It is the promise that the Christ child brings to us over and over and over again. I will be with you always, even until the end. I believe that because God's love is big. I also know that means we're called to live out the calling of our Advent season and become peacemakers and comfort givers. We're called to clear out space to wade and experience what God offers us. Here's the truth. Devastation's going to continue. It's going to be present. People are always going to need some peace and comfort. And here's also the truth. Some days it's going to be us needing that. It's going to be us in that vulnerable spot where we don't know what we're going to do. But for today, it's up to us to do the work of healing. That's what we're called to do, to do the work of healing however we can. Bad things happen to really good people all the time. But God is with us through it all, right? Knowing that gives me a little peace today. Henry Nouwen said it like this. No matter the life-shattering circumstances that delivers the devastating blow to our spirit, God is bigger. God is faithful. God is merciful and consistent with an invitation to us that through it all, we will be comforted and we will be loved. And we are all held in that love. Comfort, comfort you, my people. I didn't know what to bring to you this morning. I'm just doing the best I can because my heart's breaking. Advent is a perfect time for us to live into our calling to be peacemakers and comfort bearers. We see it when folks were running toward down buildings and homes hoping to help someone out. We see it when on Saturday mornings that little lo local cafe in Morton's Gap, Kentucky pulled out the grill and was feeding the whole town. That's when we see it. That's where God was. We see it in donations and contributions and prayers being slung all over the state. We do it when we help each other. This is our biggest call, to simply stand with people and let them know they're not alone. I can't explain how my heart's breaking this morning. I know Kenny's seeing all this and I know his heart's breaking for all the injury. I know your heart's breaking too. And I know we can't fix it. 
but I can do my part and you can do your part and together, together we can be God's radical presence in this world because the world needs it. May we comfort the people of God and offer peace in our presence today and tomorrow and always. Thanks for joining us for the Bluegrass United Church of Christ podcast. We'd love to have you join us for a service sometime. We meet on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at 500 Don Anna Drive in Lexington, Kentucky. You can find us online at bluegrasschurch.org.